0: Well, good morning, everybody. Isn't it a good day to be in church today? Yeah. Absolutely. I love it. I want to give a big shout-out to Troy, who's here today. He's visiting us from Kokomo. Uh, Troy was a, was a part of our Branchville campus, and now he is here in person visiting with us. And guys, while we're here, Troy, Troy's pretty awesome. You ought to say hi to him. But while we're here also, guys, we want to give a shout-out to our guys at Branchville at our campus there. Guys, welcome this morning. I'm gonna be up there, can't wait to see you on Tuesday. It's gonna be a blast. Now, before we get in, I don't wanna miss the opportunity because in case you don't know it, I know it because I'm really looking forward to this happening tomorrow. Tomorrow starts EVSC School where kids get out of our house and go back, I got a lot of parents in there giving some amens, absolutely. But we want to pray over our teachers because, man, our teachers and our school workers, bus drivers, all that, man, they do so much for our kids, helping them to learn. If you're a teacher, a school worker, can you raise your hand this morning? Got a couple over here, got to spread out. Awesome. Everybody here, can we give them a hand? Before we dive in, I want, to, I want all of us to be praying over all of our workers as they go back to our school. So let's pray. God, I thank you for who you are and the fact uh, that you work in so many different ways in our lives. But God, I'm especially thankful for all of our teachers, the the people who are helping to lead our young women and men and help them to find out everything from cafeteria food to, to math to all of the things, all of the truths that you've put into this world. God, I pray that your truth would become known and all of our young men and women would become stronger for all of our teachers. So God, give them patience, and joy and perseverance for every day so that they can see uh, the impact that they're having on future generations, God. We ask all of these things in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Now, this week we are starting a new series called Dangerous Prayers. Now, you'll notice in the title it's not like prayers you're going to be excited about or it's not prayers that are like simple prayers. It's dangerous prayers. It's dangerous prayers for a reason. Now, before we dive in, I want to call out just something that's probably going on in your minds right now. When you hear the word prayer. We're all wired a little bit differently, but like I've been in part of churches that are really high church and then some grassroots effort churches, different views on prayer. But when I say prayer, different ones of us think different things. So I'm going to try to kind of help you think about how you think about prayer. So the first group are those people who are very connected with their, their soul and like their emotion. They can feel the spirit moving. They can react to what the spirit is doing. And when I say prayer, that group goes, oh, praise the Lord. I don't know why they have that accent, but that's what you sound like in my mind, okay? But you say, you say oh, praise the Lord, and then you go, hmm, this is gonna be good. You like actually, I hear you out loud going, hmm, and don't lie, because I hear you. And I'll be honest, like I do that sometimes too. Sometimes you just can't help it. It just comes out like a mm or an amen, something. But we feel what the Spirit is doing and it kind of comes out in a natural way. And like, I can kind of see that too during worship because we're the ones who are like our hands are up or both hands are up. Like when Ryan and the worship team are taking the the worship song up and man, we're just feeling it and our hands go up. So what we get is we get like a mm and a touchdown. And that's how we know we've connected with those kind of soulful people, Right? Now the next group, uh, the next group is the people who are very connected in like their mind and like they think they've got it all figured out, right? And so when I say the word prayer, they're like, "You're right, prayer. It's a good thing. We ought to talk about that. We need to do that a lot." Actually, the Bible says, "Pray without ceasing." We just do it all the time, especially that Lord's Prayer. Jesus said, "This is how we pray." We need to do that. I memorized it as a kid. And You know, you got the uh, the Lord's Prayer, a few Hail Marys, and it kind of gets the job done, right? I'm not bragging but I'm a pretty good prayer. I've got a good grasp of my these and my vows and not bragging, but last week in week 18, when the Colts lost to the Jaguars again, I prayed, we landed, uh, let's see, we landed Matt Ryan and Yannick Ngakwe. We're looking pretty good for the year. Not taking credit, but you're welcome. Like, oh, we got some Colts fans over here, right? So there's that group's kind of got, got it all held. They're the cool, calm and collected like people, right? And then there's a third group. If I haven't gotten you yet, maybe I'll get you in this group. And those, that's those of us who are just, we're just trying really hard and we don't have it figured out, right? Like we're the ones who like on January 1st, we go, okay, God, this is it. This is the year I'm a prayer. And we start, we're like, all right, dear God or Jesus, which one do I talk to? I don't know. Okay. Anyways, all right, God, thank you for this day and my wife, and my kids, and my dog, and birds, and squirrel, and you're just off. Like, you, you can't hold a thought together for, like, one minute in prayer, right? Like, it's just so easy to get distracted, but you try really hard, and I don't know why. Like, some of us, like, I've, I've done this, where, like, I get up early in the morning, like, okay, this is going to be the day that, like, it's been a rough week, but I'm going to pray today, and I start praying, and all I think about is coffee and, and breakfast, and then i start thinking about lunch and then i start thinking about dinner and then for some reason i start thinking about congressional meetings on ufo's and bon jovi songs and other things and i don't know how it all gets in there but i'm just trying right so i'm just going to say like whichever one you identify with take a breath Because this series is not so much about learning like how all the ins and outs of praying the perfect prayer and making sure that you move the hands of God. Like your prayer, like God moves things because of your prayers. This is more about praying so that God moves in you. Because all too often, I think we fall into the trap of praying very safe prayers as if. Like, okay, I've got it all figured out. God, I just need you to move this over here, move this back over to here, move this to here. It's going to work out great. God, I'm good. We're way too safe when we, we talk as if we know what God ought to do. This series is built off of, a, of four prayers we find in the Bible. This week is called uh, Make Me Bold. Next week is Speak to Me. The week after is Break My Heart. The week after that is Send Me. They're all built off of particular instances in the Bible where we can learn some stuff. But there's one prayer that I was praying over these last couple of weeks that I think kind of sets the stage for how we pray. And it's a prayer of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I think this highlights two things. So, This is found in Luke chapter 22. This is Jesus going to God the night he's arrested, right before he's crucified. He says, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. So Jesus goes to God and he's like, hey, God, like, like if there's any other way to accomplish what you want to accomplish other than me going to be crucified, God, if there's any other way that that you can bring people back to yourself and you can forgive sins other than me dying like this. Could we, it says like, could we look at that? And that's a lot of our prayers. And that's great, that's okay. But it's the second part of his prayer that we're gonna be leaning into this next four weeks. The second part of his prayer says, yet I want your will to be done and not mine. Jesus is saying, look, I've got an idea of how this can work another way, but even if my circumstances don't change, I'm in. Over these next four weeks, we're going, to be, we're going to be challenging ourselves. And what I love about this church, what I love about you, what I love about what we're doing here is we are not people who come in and just want to hear, like, nice things about what God tells us. Like, hey, just smile more. Open the door for more people. You know, help old ladies cross the road. Be a good Christian. No, we want, we want to be challenged We want this book to speak to us. We want God to speak to us. We want him to call us out into something new. We want him to call us up into something that we can't even see today with our own eyes. And that's what these next four weeks are going to be about. And I want to be honest, like, whether you believe in Jesus or not, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, like, the studies say 95% of atheists still admit to throwing up a prayer every now and then, just in case... So even if you don't believe in Jesus, you're not there yet, I hear you, or whether you believe in him and you trust him with every area of your life, no matter where you fall, these prayers should make you really anxious to pray them with your whole heart. And so I want to ask you right now, y'all ready to get into this? If you're ready to get into this, let's say, let's go. That's right. All right. Now, I'll be honest. I... I I took longer to do that than last service, so y'all better buckle up. I'm already behind. So we're going to dive into this, all right? So we're going to be, our prayer for today is found in Acts chapter 4 and and chapter 5. So go ahead and turn there. And while you're turning to Acts 4, let me set the scene for you real quick. This story is about Peter and John. Jesus has uh, ascended to heaven, and now the apostles are, are going, and they're, they're preaching and teaching, and they're healing people. And this particular moment, Peter and John, are, they have healed a person who'd been lame for 40 years. They're preaching Jesus, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and they're bringing in healing into people's lives. And it's pretty awesome. However, the church leaders of the time didn't think it was awesome. Kind of the simplest way to say it. And so the church leaders pull them in, they pull them in, they surround them, they arrest them, put them in jail. They come around, they're like, hey, look, y'all got some explaining to do. By what authority are you doing this healing? Because they could see it happen. Now they need to know how it happened and whose name they're doing it in. They're like, tell us, how are you doing this and who gave you the authority to do that? And so we pick up in Acts chapter 4, verse 10. And this is their response to the Sanhedrin or the church leaders. They say, let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed, this guy who'd been laying for 40 years, by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. Now, keep it up there, guys. If he stopped right there, that's just a quick explanation. Like, hey, guys, just so you know, it's Jesus did it, okay? Like, that's that's pretty simple. But Peter kind of takes it another level and makes it, like, in their face. He says... Yeah, that Jesus guy, he's the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Had he just stopped at explaining who, who did it and who, by whose power, that's one thing, but he threw it right in their face. Because basically he's saying like, yeah, that guy you killed, that was such a like, bad idea that God undid what you, did, what you did and raised him from the dead. Now, I'm going to be honest, there's times in my life where I mess up royally and I'm like, God, could you just undo what I just did? It doesn't always happen. But God did it here. And I also know when I mess up royally, I don't like it when somebody tells me you done messed up. And the Sanhedrin, the, the church leaders, they didn't like it all either. Peter was calling them out, like majorly. And because of his boldness, like they, they, we move on to verse 13 and we hear the response of the church leaders Chapter 4, verse 13, it says, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. It says they were blown away. They they were amazed because these regular untrained men were doing these things. Now, real quick, this Greek word for untrained men in this, in this situation is one of my favorite ones. And my boys were in the last service. And I had to tell them, like, it's in the Bible so you can say this. But the word for that is idiotes. Can you get, do you have an idea what English word we use that is from that? It's idiots. So, basically, they're saying, look, like, they were amazed by the boldness of these idiots. I don't know about you. It makes me feel good. Because it means I have a chance. If these idiots can do good things, maybe I can do some good things. Because they weren't surprised by their brilliance. They weren't surprised by the way that they, they you know, pulled apart Scripture and, you know, parsed out verbs and, like, did all this stuff. They weren't amazed by how smart they were. They were amazed by, by their boldness. And they, they saw that. But... That created a problem for the church leaders because here they are. They've got this guy who couldn't walk, but now he could, so there's a miracle happening. That's God moving in in an awesome way, so that's a good thing, but the boldness of these Jesus followers was not a good thing because they killed the other guy, and it's still happening, so they're worried about it, and so they threatened them. They say, we don't talk about Jesus. You don't do that. You don't preach Jesus. You don't teach Jesus. You don't teach about Jesus or you're going to pay. And guess what? The last time they said that, they killed him. So there's some teeth behind these threats. It's not just this empty threat that most often we give to our kids. Like, no, this is something where, no, they will, they will carry out their threats. And so what do Peter and John do in this situation? Admittedly, they do what I do and what many of us do, they, they prayed. But they prayed they prayed a little differently than, I'm not going to put you in this group, but differently than oftentimes I do. In that situation, I probably would have prayed, all right, God, I stood up for you. Would you please just make, would you take their threats and just make them idle threats and and get me out of this situation? Jesus, would you make sure that my retirement account is still funded in case I lose my job? Would you make sure that when I go home, like my house is still a calm place so that I don't I can have a place of rest? Just God, I've been bold. Would you raise up somebody else to be bold so that I can go and and like retire quietly? Like that might've been my prayer that wasn't Peter and John's prayer. They prayed under the threat of death, a very real threat of death. They prayed for something very different. And that's our dangerous prayer for this week. You're going to find it in Acts 4, 29. This is a dangerous prayer if you if you're courageous enough to to try this, but Acts 429, he says, And now, O Lord, hear their threats. Give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. They say, make me more bold. God, give us, don't let these threats shake at all what we're convicted about, what we've seen in Jesus and what we've seen him do in other people. God, don't let us, let it shake us from anything and the religious leaders are like, Are you kidding me? What are, we're trying to give these guys an out. They're amazed that these men are so bold for Jesus. And here's the thing, I think most of us are like, we want other people to see Jesus. We're like, no, that's a good thing. Like, other people, like, we wanna be the shining light on a hill. I don't wanna put my light under a bushel. No. Like, we want our light to shine, right? We, we, we want people to see Jesus, but do we, we just don't wanna do it with boldness. Like, I wanna be call, cool, calm, and collected. Like, I want to be the one who, like, yeah, he's got it all. He's thought about this. It's just a logical argument for him. Therefore, I'm going to do it. Like, it doesn't need boldness, right? Like, we want our light to shine, but I don't want to be the one with the flashlight because people will notice me. Like, I, I don't know. Like, maybe you're not like me, but, like, I want to be a part of what God is doing, but if you would just have someone else reach the world, that'd be great for me, right? And the fact of this story is that people have to see something. The religious leaders knew what the prophets had told them. They knew the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. They knew all of the things, but it was the boldness that amazed them. So, my question for us as we get going here, as we keep going here, is like, where are you at on your level? Like, where are you at on the boldness? for Jesus, like where does you following, you knowing Jesus stand out where other people notice it? And here's the thing, I think, I think we're kind of on a spectrum here, like, one to, like zero to 10. I think some of us would say like, oh, I'm a five, when actually, you're actually like a 10. If I asked your friends or your coworkers, like, hey, does Sally, like, is she follow Jesus? Do you know anything about that? They're like, yes, absolutely she is. She knocks it out of the park. She prays for everything. She's doing this. She's serving on second Saturdays at this church called the Hills. Like she's doing everything, right? She's just humble, so she puts herself at a five. But she's really a ten. And then we have some people who put themselves at a ten who are really a five or a three or a two or a one. They're the ones who, like, I ask their, their co-workers, and they're like, wait, what? He, he goes to church? Are you kidding me? Let me tell you a thing or two about what he does. Like, we all have some things, some areas we need to work on, Right. Now, uh, back when I got out of college, like I had a nasty season where bad relationship, uh, divorce, it was nasty. And that's another story for another time. But what happened in that time is I like literally like petitioned God. I was like, all right, God, if you would get me through this time, like where I don't want to jump off a bridge again, like God, if you get me through this, I'm going to serve you even more than I do now. And what I meant was, so, like, I served Wednesday nights, Sunday mornings, Sunday nights. I did that. What in my head, I think I thought, like, that means I'm going to serve on Tuesday and Thursday, too. Like, I'm gonna, I'll be there. God has a sense of humor, and now I'm in full-time ministry, uh, which wasn't what I was planning. And so, here's the thing. Like, when I accepted my call to ministry several years later, like, God put me in different places as I was going through seminary. I worked with some really cool companies, some really cool people who had very different beliefs than I did. And God told me, hey, I put you here for a reason, for a season, you're just here for a little bit, you're, you're just passing through, you're not going to be here forever, but I need you to have an impact. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm awkward enough as is, just ask our staff, like, I'm awkward enough it is. but this is going to make me more awkward. So what I did is I was like, okay, I'm going to pray for my bosses, I'm going to pray for my employees, pray for my coworkers, pray for my customers, and what I often did is I'd get there early, and each week I would pray for one person. Each week, I'm like, okay, uh, okay, it's John's week. And I'd call him, like, hey, dude, hey, I'm praying for you this week. Is there anything specific I can pray for you? And sometimes they'd come with, like, a list. Hey, Dave, when's my week back? Like, I, I, I need you to hit this stuff, right? And other times, unfortunately, I'd get more laughs than I would thank yous for, for, for prayers. But I ran into, I've run into people, and they're like, I, I think I… I I don't know this for sure, uh, 100%. I think if any of you walked up to the people I used to work with, I I believe that if you asked them if I was bold, if I believed in Jesus, I, I think they would say yes. I think that. So what is that for you? I'm nothing special. I'm just like trying to show up and be less awkward every day. I got a lot of work to do. But what would... Your coworkers, your friend group, what would they say if we asked them that question? Do they see fruit from your boldness? Now, I want to look at this prayer that they prayed, one, prayed one more time, and I want to show you uh, what God did for Peter and John as, he, as they prayed that prayer in the middle of their threats. This is Acts 4:29 through31, a little bit later. It says, And now, O Lord, hear their threats. Give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they preached the word of God with boldness. They prayed, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They preach the word of God boldly. Quick aside, if you're here and you're like, you know what, Dave, I'm a quiet person. I'm in the cool, calm, and collected group. I like to stay in the background. Boldness is not like some personality trait that you score high on. Like this is something that you pray. The Holy Spirit comes in and fills you with boldness. And it's a work of the spirit, not a work of you. Peter and John, they prayed, the Holy Spirit came, they preached with boldness. And I want to tell you, if you are willing to pray this dangerous prayer, make me bold, you will see opportunities come up to be bold in a way you've never seen that before. Now, I'm not going to say, like, you pray this prayer today, and, like, tonight your boss is going to email and say, you know what, Sally, I've been thinking. I'd like you to give a presentation tomorrow at work to the whole company on how Jesus is awesome and how we should all accept him. It's probably not going to happen. If it does, go with it. You're going to be good, okay? I promise you. But more than likely, it's going to be like somebody's going to be going through something hard, and you're going to see that and you're going to feel this little stirring like, oh, man, maybe, I should, maybe this is what Pastor Dave was talking about. I think I'm supposed to do something in this moment, not just walk the other way. And you walk up and you even, like, put your hand on him and you say, hey, can I, can I pray for you? That takes a level of boldness that doesn't come from you. It comes from the Holy Spirit. You may be in your friend group and like say like, hey, you hear some dating habits and you're like, hey that, guys, that's, that's not how I'm going to date. God's actually asking me to be bold and like different. So I'm gonna date this way. You may, you may decide that like dressing differently is the way that you're gonna be bold because the world has, surely has its ways that we dress not modestly, not controlling ourselves, but, but totally like the other way. But you choose to be bold by, by being modest. Maybe you see, this is one of my favorites when I see people do this, it happened first service. Like, you see somebody doing life alone, and rather than just saying, hey, look, our church meets at 9 on 1045 on Sunday. Hope you come. But being bold is, hey, I'd love, I'd love it if you came with me on Sunday morning. I'll come pick you up. Let's go, I'd, love, I'd love for you to go to church with me. If that doesn't work, say, hey, why don't you come to the 1045 service, and I'll take you out to eat afterwards. That takes another level of boldness that people aren't used to seeing. There are so many different ways that God could come out in boldness in you. It's so unique. I couldn't hit them all at all. But I would tell you that the Holy Spirit will guide you in that if you'll open yourself up to the Spirit leading you in that. So this homework for this week is I want you to, if you have to, set an alarm, something. But every day this week, at least once a day, pray, God Make me bold. Simple. Don't say, like, hey, God, make me bold by going and, and doing this or doing that doing this. Leave it open-ended. Leave it in God's hands for him to speak to you. Before you go into class for the first time for our students, for our teachers, before you pick up the first student on your bus route, like, say, God, make me bold today. And watch, watch what happens. Peter and John, they kept praying, they kept preaching, and God kept doing miracles in their midst. Now, fast forward to the next chapter. This is going to sound like chapter 4, but it's actually chapter 5, and I'll come back to that. But this is Acts chapter 5, verse 18 through 21. They, were arrest- they arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. Then he told them, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple as they were told and immediately began teaching. Now, I'm going to tell you, like, if you're ready to pray this prayer of make me bold each day this week, I want to give you a few things that you can expect to happen. I'm going to walk through these things over the next few minutes, these next three things. One, when you pray that prayer, boldness, just know, boldness, Often brings on spiritual opposition. Peter and John, this, this verse in, chap, in chapter 5, this is not the same time they were in jail as the first time. This is the second time they've been in jail that week. Right? I'm just going to tell you, if you get jailed once in a week, stop there. Because they got jailed twice. All right? So if you get jailed twice for doing something, you probably ought to stop there so it doesn't become a third time. But what do Peter and John do? They're like, All right. We're going to go out we're going to do this thing again. Wind it up again. And they boldly just go out and like, okay, we're going, to, we're going to do this. But the church leaders didn't like it, so they brought opposition and they brought it hard. A lot of times when people come and they accept Jesus here on a Sunday or at, at like a baptism event or something like that, we'll hear on like a Wednesday, man, this is, this is hard. Like I, I don't think I'm cut out for this. This is just hard. When you step out boldly for God... Opposition comes. Jesus told us in John chapter 16, uh, verse 33, he says, says, in this world you will have troubles, but take heart, I've overcome the world. He doesn't say, take heart, I've overcome the world, so you don't have any troubles. He says, no, 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 you're going to have troubles and you're going to need my help to get through them. So whenever you serve him faithfully, there's, there's opposition. I don't worry when people say, like, life's hard. That means that, like, I think you're working in the spiritual realm and God's doing something. Satan's like, no, 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 no. I don't want you doing this. I worry when you have no opposition. I worry when you're not a target of Satan. And it takes boldness to step in and say, all right, I'm here. Do your worst because I got, I got the Holy Spirit power in me. People will make fun of you. People will laugh at you. They'll talk behind your back. It's what happens. To people who don't understand what the Holy Spirit brings and what God can do, they don't get it, and therefore you become a target. But the bottom line is this. If you're afraid to face opposition, if you're afraid for people to push back on me, my question is, are you really ready to step out boldly for God and allow him to use you in an amazing way? I think it's something that you can do. You just have to overcome the fear of opposition. Now, the second thing that happens when we step out boldly, and I kind of like this one. It kind of kind of fuels me. Once you see this happen once or twice, you're like, no, I want to do this more. The second thing is boldness often releases the miracles of God. Boldness often releases the miracles of God. In other words, when you live with bold faith, you begin to expect that God's working and he's going to do something because God's always working, we just don't always see it. Peter and John, Acts 5, verse 19 says, But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. Very simply stated. I have the question, like, why there's no exclamation points? Like an angel shows up, like I'm imagining, like angels to me, like, like Michael, I, I think of like Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Like he comes in and he just like rips open a jail cell. Like if that happens, y'all better believe if I'm writing this, there's four exclamation points in that sentence. Like you're never going to believe it. I'm like getting pictures. I'm like getting out. I'm telling everybody about it. But they're just like, well, ah. an angel of the Lord came, opened the gates and, and out they went. When you step out boldly, you begin to say, be not surprised by the miracles that God does. When you walk in obedience to God, you will not be surprised by the miracles of God. When you start praying the prayer, make me bold, God shows up in amazing ways. Maybe your, typical, maybe, maybe, maybe your typical is like you sit down and like you pray quietly over a meal because you don't want to look weird, like bowing your head and people think you passed out at Brew Burger or something over a, over a cheeseburger. But like, it's like maybe boldness for you looks like somebody says, hey, would you, we're doing this thing. Would you, like, you know Jesus, would you come and pray? And you, you're not the praying type. You're not like the praying in public type. But you're like, you know what, I'm going to do that. I don't know what I'm going to say. But here's what happens. You step up, and all of a sudden, God starts speaking, and you're like, where is this coming from? It's coming from God. Because you stepped up and said, I want boldness in my life. God, use me. You will not be surprised when God shows up with his miracles. Now, the third thing that happens when we step out with boldness is boldness always, always requires faith. Faith. You pray, make me bold. I promise you, you will encounter a circumstance where you've gotten to here, but you've got to get to here. You don't know how you're making up the difference, but you're boldly saying, God, I know you're going to do something here. I just don't know quite what it is yet, but you're going to step in anyways. Acts 5, verse 20 through 21 says, the angel tells him, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. And so at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple as they were told and immediately began preaching. So here's the thing. The angel says, hey, go and do the thing that's gotten you arrested twice this week. And, uh, and don't worry, I'm sure it's going to go fine. Just like it did last time. Eventually, do you think that Peter and John were a little worried that getting arrested a third time, they might just go ahead and... I don't think their patience was running like at high levels. But Peter and John showed up. They told the people the message of life, of Jesus, of his death and resurrection, and they just did it. They stepped out in faith that it was going to go well for them or it wasn't going to go at all. Either way, they were going to do it. Nate, you can go ahead and come on up, dude. About five or six years ago, uh, I was at night uh, just kind of hanging out. It was very late at night. saying, I think we might have been watching a show, uh, and my phone rang. It was the middle of the night. And... Uh, it was really kind of odd because it was a guy from work. And A, it was odd that he would call me late at night. Uh, And B, it was odd because back then I was really important. And you'll get it here in a second because I had two phones. I had my work phone and then I had my personal phone. He normally called my work phone, but he he called my personal phone middle of the night. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. This is probably a bail money kind of thing. So I get up and I sneak out and I go into my office and I'm like, hey dude, what's up? And what he said was so stinking simple, but it has stuck with me over these years. He said, socks." I didn't know who else to call, so I called you. Okay. What happened then is he said, hey, do you know my mom was sick? And I said, yeah, I heard you went home from work early. And he said, like, yep, well, she died. I was like, oh, well, when was that? He's like, oh, five minutes ago. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. We talked on the phone for a while and. Life was really rough for him. We ended up meeting up that night uh, after work. And life was, after we talked more, I realized how rough life had been for him. And he told me, he's like, man, I got lots of friends. I got lots of friends I do lots of stuff with, but there's something different about you and your buddies. I didn't know who could actually help, but I figured I'd start with you. I don't know about you, I don't have many feel parts in my body, but that hit me straight in the feels. Because every day when you work construction and with welders and, and like the, the areas that I worked in, man, all you're doing is showing up for work some days. And you never know if you actually have an impact. And every day when we were just working together, he was paying attention. And when life hit the fan, he gave me a call. I walked him through... Uh, his mother passing away, wife passing away, his father passing away, his cousin passing away in the next last probably four years. He didn't need me, he needed Jesus. And because of my stinking boldness, I'm not anything smart, I'm not anything brilliant. He could tell I'd been with Jesus. And so if you're sitting here today and you're like, I can't step out in boldness. Like, what what happens? Like, what happens if I do this? Like, what's going to happen? I don't know. But I will tell you that one act of boldness might set in motion God's chain of events that you can never undo. Maybe you go into work tomorrow and you see somebody struggling and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. You actually put your hand on their shoulder because that's what Christians do. Like, you put their hand on your shoulder like, can I pray with you? And you're praying and you're like, you're calling down heaven. And then you're looking up like, where are the, are there fireworks somewhere going off? Cause I'm doing it, God. And there's no fireworks. It's just kind of meh. But what you don't know is what God's doing in the spiritual realm in that person's life. And so my question to you is this, if, if you know Jesus and you want people to know Jesus like you know Jesus, if you've been forgiven by Jesus and you want people to experience his forgiveness and freedom like you have, are you willing to pray the prayer, God, make me bold today? And then stand back and let God do his work. Now I promise you, if you're willing to pray that, that's a dangerous prayer because you can't control what happens next. Let's pray. God, I thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for the fact that you could come down right now and move your hand and do everything that you want to accomplish here in this earth. You don't need us at all. But God, I'm thankful to know that even Jesus had an idea in his mind of what he wanted to do the night he was gonna be crucified. He had an idea, but God you had a bigger purpose and he went through with that purpose and he gave himself to die for me, for all of us in the sound of my voice so that we could experience freedom and relationship and wholeness in you and not some pie in the sky thing in heaven but today. God, because we've experienced that, we want other people to know that same relationship, that same power, that same freedom. God, we also know that takes getting out of our comfort zone and praying the prayer, God, make me bold. I don't know who I am to ask that, but God, here we are today and we're going to ask you today, God, make us bold. Blank check. Boldness, God, give it to us. God, I know that as we pray that prayer, Satan's going to send his armies to oppose us, to push back against us, even through good people. He's going to send his armies out for us. But God, we're ready for the opposition because we want to see your miracles working here and now. So God, we pray today, make us bold. And we pray that in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen.